Welcome back to the Pick and Play Network. This is Brett Burrier. It's been about a week since I came to you guys. Um, got a lot to talk about this past weekend. NFL got started. That's always good. That's always a happy time in my life. College football week two happened. Uh, we've got some baseball coming into the last stretch of the season. FIBA World Cup. Lots to cover. But I, I think I'm going to start there. I think I'm going to start with the World Cup because... This morning, at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 a.m. my time, the United States played France. They lost to France. This isn't a group stage game. This is, the, this is bracket time. This is the knockout rounds. So, United States are done. 58 straight wins in international play when the United States has a roster full of NBA players. Do I think that this is terrible? No. I think this shows that the rest of the world is, has been and continues to get better and better and better at basketball and to care more and more and more about basketball. I do think that it's going to affect these guys mentally. I mean, you've got a team full of 12 NBA players. There, there's not another team in this bracket that has 12 NBA players. There's pros everywhere. They're all pros. But you're looking around at France, you're seeing four NBA guys. You're looking at Serbia, you're seeing four or five NBA guys. We're not seeing rosters that are as, as loaded as the States. And yeah, they don't have LeBron James or James Harden or guys like that on this team. But they've got all-stars. They've got scorers. They've got defenders. They've got guys who know how to play. But they didn't get it done against France today. And I'm sure that is very upsetting for a lot of the younger guys. Uh, but the bottom line is, in the fourth quarter of that game, they just got outplayed. I mean, they absolutely just got outplayed. You want to take a look at the box score. I mean, 44-28 to 28 on the rebounds. That's where the game was lost. You got a four-point lead somehow with four minutes to go in the game, five minutes to go in the game. And your top scorer doesn't score a point. Donovan Mitchell doesn't score in the last five minutes of the game. He didn't score in the whole fourth quarter. He had 29 points in the first three quarters. Didn't score a point in, in the fourth quarter. They were lacking offensive leadership down the stretch. Now, they were lacking discipline on the, 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 the rebounding game, the entire game. Now, look, I, I get it. Rudy Gobert was the biggest guy on the floor, and he was playing for France, and he's the best rebounder on the floor, and he's playing for France. But you're going to tell me that with a coaching staff of Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr and 12 NBA guys, in, including some bigs, there's big guys on the United States too. They couldn't figure out a way to keep Gobert at... All, all, you know, you can't keep him completely off the boards, but you can't hold him. He has to get 16 rebounds in a game where you know he's the best rebounder. Someone has to have a body on him before the shot even goes up. Someone should be face guarding him before the shot goes up. There's no reason that this guy should ever be in position to get a rebound when he's the one guy on France that can out-rebound anyone on the States. You, you box him out with two guys once the shot goes up, if you have to. 
or you bump him with a guy and you have the biggest person box him out. You do whatever you got to do to make sure that Gobert is not getting all these offensive rebounds. 44 to 28 on the re- on the boards, 13 offensive rebounds for France. 13 offensive rebounds. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. That's a lack of effort. It's a lack of discipline. And I, when I say it's a lack of effort, of course these guys played hard. I understand that they played hard. They all want to win. But they didn't execute. Rudy Gobert can't get 16 rebounds when you know he's the rebounder. The only real rebounder. So anyway, the United States goes home. And now we have France. We'll play in the semifinal game. On the, on the other side, we're going to have Spain versus Australia. Which, by the way, the loss to Serbia a couple days ago. Loss for Serbia, rather. When that happened, I was like, oh, great. The states are set. Giannis is out of the tournament. Serbia is out of the tournament. We just have to deal with Rudy Gobert. <laughs> And apparently, we couldn't do it. So, just a really quick wrap-up, just a quick little segment on, on uh, FIBA World Cup. I, I know that's not everybody's favorite topic, but it's important to me. Basketball year-round is, I'm, I'm always going to be interested in, in basketball, no, no matter what month it is. Um, but I, I, I would say right now, Spain will probably end up winning the whole thing, because I think Spain's going to beat Australia and if they get matched up with France, Marcus Sala is at least going to be smart enough and disciplined enough to know what he has to do to make sure that Gobert doesn't torch them. Gasol might not score in the game, or he might have five points, who knows. But they're going to put all their energy into keeping Gobert off the glass. And if that's the case, Spain cannot play them in mostly every other way. So if that's the matchup, look for Spain to take gold. Uh, look for Marc Gasol to have a classic international line, like five points, eight rebounds, five assists, and the stat that goes unwritten, 35 perfect box outs on Rudy Gobert. <laughs> that's what, I would, that's what I, would, I would imagine. But, you know, France has to get past Ar- Argentina, who's always good. Uh, Luis Scola, I, I don't know how you're still doing it, man. Luis Scola is 100 years old. He just... He just uh, became the leading scorer all time in in, uh, in in international play ever. Can you believe that? We're talking about a six eight power forward that can't jump and couldn't jump when he was twenty two. So good on you, Luis Scola. Looking forward to seeing what happens in the last part of that tournament. Uh, let's switch gears here, though. I want to talk a bit about um, week two college football. I want to talk about who I like and who I don't. Um, first off. Bama looks like Bama. I mean, there really isn't much to say there. They are the same Bama team that they are every every year for the most part. They've got ridiculous guys at the skill positions. Their lines are overbearing on both sides. Um, Two is fantastic. The wide receiver, Jerry Jerry Judy. If you haven't seen Bama play yet, just watch him for like a quarter. You're going to be blown away. I I can already, after two games, understand why... He is unanimously being thought of as a top five, possibly a top two pick in this next in uh, the NFL draft. So watch them. 
They look phenomenal, as, as usual. No surprise there. Um, Ohio State, I like so far. I know people were um, talking a little bit about them after the slow second half they had in week one. But the bottom line was they were up 28 nothing uh, about a blink into that game. So I, I really don't think there's anything to talk about there. Justin Fields' numbers have been great. I actually thought that he was the best value if you were going to go and uh, find somewhere to bet on your Heisman picks. I think at the beginning of the season when I saw it, he was at 18-1. to 1. Uh, But the reason why I like that so much, and I'm sure it's gone down a little bit by now, um, Ohio State is almost always in, in the running for the playoff, almost no matter what. Um, if they finish top, even top five or six, I would expect his name to be up there because his numbers are going to be outrageous. Uh, the rushing t- He already has a rushing touchdown in each of the two games. He's thrown four touchdowns in each game. So he's already got eight passing, two rushing in two games. Um, he looks like he's exactly what we thought he was going to be <laughs> when he transferred from Georgia. Now, granted, I didn't want him to transfer from Georgia, but I, I get it. If the guy's this good right away, he, he, he should be playing. And uh, Fromm's just, he's just too good of a, he's just too good of a complete package for them to just throw fields in because he could be a megastar. Fromm gives you an NFL awareness in the, in the pocket. He's extremely accurate. He throws the ball downfield really well. He didn't always. He's improved each year which is something I always look for in a, in a uh, quarterback, especially one that, you know, a lot of people are thinking that might be an NFL prospect. He started nowhere near that. Now in his, in his third year, he is very high on, on that list. We're not talking first round yet, but we're talking very high on that NFL quarterback prospect list. So obviously I like Georgia. Yes, I know. I'm a little biased. I'm a diehard Dogs fan. That's okay. They started the season strong. They didn't play anybody last week. That's fine. They're, they got to get these. They're going to have a couple games right off the bat where they don't play anybody, and then we'll move into some harder competition. But I'm looking forward to that Notre Dame game in in two weeks. Can't wait to uh, to really pound it into everyone's brain again that Notre Dame is just overrated every single year, and this is no different. No different. Uh, somebody else who I really like so far. I like Utah. I like Utah a lot. I knew the defense was going to be good. I knew the run game was going to be good. I didn't know the offense was going to be this explosive as a whole. Uh, so look for Utah. I know a lot of you are going to be listening East Coast time. and You're not always up to watch those late West Coast college football games. But if you get a chance to watch Utah, I'm very impressed. Uh, they're coming in ranked 15th this week. I would not be surprised at all if they crack the top 10 in the next month. Uh, they got some work to do, but they look really good to me. Um, both sides of the ball. Oklahoma, man, Jalen Hurts looks good. Man, he looks good. Breaking records in his first game. I mean, Houston isn't going to be the, the, the world beater that they seemed like they might be last year or the year before that. But Houston's still a, pr- a pretty good football team. And he did something that neither Baker Mayfield nor Kyler Murray ever did. 500 yards. That's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. So those are the teams that I kind of like so far. Oh, you know what? I also like Wisconsin. 
Wisconsin, so far in two games, have outscored opponents 110 to 0. Yes, I know they played nobody this past week, but the week before they played South Florida. South Florida's not great, they're not amazing. But in the last few years, they've been on that brink of being ranked, or they were ranked, or they're right on the edge, and they're usually a solid football team in this back end of the decade. Uh, 49 to nothing at South Florida victory. Very impressive. Uh, shout out to Florida man, Wayne Holland, who was actually at the game. You've heard him on this network before. You may hear him again at some point. Um, so let me move on to who I hate. I hate Michigan. Not that I have something personally against Michigan, though I know many of us do. Not a real beloved football program, unless you came from there. Uh, is this is this going to be the year that they're like, yeah, Harbaugh's not going to win a championship? I, I get that they've been highly ranked for years, but no, has anyone really like... Has anyone in the last couple years when they were ranked real highly in the last few weeks of the season really thought this team could win it? Because I've never thought that for a second. And the team that they marched out to play Army the other day, I mean, what was that? What was that? I, I get it for any, any Michigan defenders out there. Yeah, Army plays their weird style of offense and ball control and this and that. Army just barely got a win against Rice last week. Rice. They beat a bowl of Rice, 14-7, and they almost beat Michigan this week. Double overtime. They, they had an opportunity to kick a field goal at the end of regulation. They missed the kick. They missed. It's a college kid. Luckily, he'll be fine. He's, he's at Army. They've probably trained him to not even think about it anymore. But, man, Michigan... I'm telling you, I am not impressed at all. I, I just, I don't think this team's going anywhere. Uh, the other team that I'm very disappointed in, who I had a little bit of high hopes for, was Washington. Now, Washington is always ranked high in recent years. They're always the team that's just barely on the outside looking in for that last playoff spot, or, the, or they get the last playoff spot, but they're always right around there. Uh, Jacob Eason comes in to start for them this year. He is a big-time NFL prospect, projected to go in the first round anywhere between uh, 15 and 25. They're saying he's going to be the third quarterback taken as of now uh, behind Herbert and uh, Tua. So what I'm thinking here is they're playing Cal. Cal has been the bottom feeder of that conference for as long as 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 long as we can remember um i mean not for an eternity but it's been a really long time washington was moving the ball well early they just couldn't get it in the end zone they made dumb mistakes they threw the ball to the other team eason didn't look good and you know i i really wanted to see eason play well um he's another he's another georgia transfer I'll tell you what, Jake Fromm kicked a lot of good quarterbacks out of Georgia. But Eason didn't look very good. And Cal wins 20-19 in, in Washington. This isn't like a conference loss against Washington State. This is basically the equivalent 
of losing to like a bigger double A school almost. I mean, Cal Cal's been that bad. I mean, they they've they've been that bad. In in my humble opinion, it's it's like losing a game to to James Madison or Appalachian State or somebody like that who's got talent but they're a whole tier below. So I'm very out on Washington now. Look for them to fall completely out of the rankings if they lose one more game. They, I, that's, that's, it's just really a shame. Um, that conference just year after year. It's like when is it? When is it going to be really good? And it just, I'm just, it just doesn't look like this is the year either. Um, one last thing I want to touch on for college football, and then I'm going to move on to the NFL. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. Okay. Can we just take a deep breath on Trevor Lawrence? He's going to be fine. I would like everyone to take a breather. And remember that just because somebody is a guaranteed NFL prospect and future NFL player, without a doubt, there's not even a shred of doubt that, that he won't be. That all being said, he is not a tried and true NFL player right now. So why should we expect him to look like an NFL quarterback every week? Should I remind us all that that he's a kid? Should I remind us all that he's not even eligible to go to the draft? Well, wasn't. This is a kid. This is a young kid. And by the way, his team's 2-0, and they play the best team they're going to play all season until the playoff last week, and they handled them easily. His numbers aren't, weren't amazing, but they handled, him easy. they handled Texas A&M easily. He's going to be fine. They're going to have 10 more games for him to work out all the kinks before they get to play in the games that matter because they're in the ACC. And look, folks, what have we seen from the ACC this year so far? My God. I mean, Florida State. Florida State is bad. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. They're bad. You're up 24 to nothing at home against Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe, all right? You win the game 45 to 44 in overtime. I'm not impressed. They cut, they've come out hot in the first half, both games. Week one, it was against Boise. They came out on fire. Second half, they get outscored 23 to nothing. They lose. Same damn thing basically happened this week, except they didn't lose at regulation, so it went to overtime. And once it got to overtime, they found a way to win. But, man, I'm out on Florida State. I'm also out on the Hurricanes. It, it's just the ACC is not, just not looking good at all. Um, North Carolina, they beat South Carolina week one. They beat Miami week two. And I'm just not <laughs> – I mean, if North Carolina is beating Miami and Miami is, is who we're talking about as possibly being one of the teams to compete, to be, you know, at the top of the conference, this is really bad. I, and I get that North Carolina is 2-0, and people are saying, well, they might be pretty good. They're, they're, they're not. They're not. I've, I've watched them. They're not. Expect them to 
finish with six losses this year. I'm just telling you right now, a couple of them are going to be against really bad teams, but don't expect anything from the Tar Heels. Anyway, I am getting sidetracked here. Um, let's move over to the NFL for just a quick couple minutes. I'm not going to go over every, every game or every line or every, you know, uh, uh, cover or any anything like that i'm, I'm kind of going to leave that to my my partner uh the lovely matt gordon aka gordoom who i'm sure is going to be bringing you uh some gambling stuff this this week i i'm really just going to really just going to cover a couple things that i saw um the browns <laughs> oh the browns in case anyone didn't know the browns are back baby Oh, they're back. They're back to exactly what they've been for the last few years. No, they're not going to go 0-16. No, they're not going to go 1-15. But guess what? They're going to suck again. You can't just put, like, really cool bumper stickers on a car and expect the car to drive better. That's what they're doing. They're putting flashy pieces and skill guys all over the place. Meanwhile, they didn't do a damn thing for the engine. The O-line sucks. The D-line was supposed to be improved. Uh, no. You got blasted by Marcus Mariota and the Titans at home. Shout out to Odell Beckham, by the way. $350,000 on your wrist in a game where you lose by 33. Real classy move. Real classy move. But that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from the Browns in general. They're all flash. They're no class. They're going to lose more games than they win this year. The fact that they were the favorites for the division is an absolute joke. The fact that they were one of the favorites for the Super Bowl makes my head explode. I, I just, I just don't get it, guys. What, what were we looking at that that any one of us thought, man, this this is going to be a really good football team? Yeah, this is going to be a contender. This is going to be a really, really good squad. Forty-six to thirteen, at the hands of. Super Mariota, who's not so super, by the way. So the Browns suck. I'm kind of glad. Actually, I'm very glad. They're in my division. Ravens look great. Lamar Jackson looked fantastic. Don't tell me that the Dolphins are the worst team in the league. I already know that. I already know that. But these downfield passes would have been completed against anybody. Would, would there have been a little more pressure from some teams? Yes. The Dolphins' secondary is the only thing about that team that is fantastic. That's why I'm so excited. Lamar was able to make these throws against guys that could cover. And these were right on the money. I mean, right on the money. Both passes to Hollywood Brown were flawless. The back foot fading touchdown pass was just a mixture of all the work that it seems like he did in the offseason on his accuracy and the natural playmaking ability that he's always had makes me very excited for this season. Mark Ingram was an unbelievable ad ad addition. He he just looked like a horse out there. 
I mean, it, it takes two, three, four guys to bring him to the ground. It, it is just fantastic to see him in Baltimore on a team that really wants to hurt you on offense now. 59 points. I've never seen it before in a Ravens game. I don't think it's ever happened before in a Ravens game. Uh, it doesn't happen very often in the NFL in general, but I'm very excited about that. Um, Patriots-Steelers. And I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about Antonio Brown. Um, there's just way too much going on, and what the hell do I know? Um, all I can do is speculate, which I shouldn't, and I don't think any of us should. Um, I think the only way to handle this is to wait for real facts and to just put some blinders on until then. Um, otherwise, we are all either going to, right off the bat, damn Antonio Brown or damn his, his accuser. And the bottom line is we, we don't know enough to do either of those things. So don't damn anybody. Just put some blinders on. Wait for some real information to come out. Then we'll talk about Antonio. All right, but as far as the Patriots and the Steelers are, are concerned, there was one team that played football in that game, and it wasn't the Steelers. That was the worst I've seen the Steelers look in years. Now, granted, I know they, they do lay a couple stinkers a year, but on Sunday Night Football against the Patriots, you wouldn't expect that from them. I know Roethlisberger's getting older. I know they don't have Brown anymore. Three points and just completely looked inept on both sides of the ball. I don't think the Steelers are going to be as bad as they looked in this game. But if they are, holy shit, they're bad. Nick Foles broke his collarbone. Clavicle. Really sucks for him. Uh, it's terrible for the organization. It's a lot of money. They put into a quarterback. Um, I expect him to be back, and I expect him to, you know, to play again. But this is a team that had really high hopes for the playoffs. Luckily for them, they are much more defensive-minded team than they are offensive. So I, you know, th this may not sink the season completely, but I do think that it is a massive, massive blow. Uh, they just traded for Joshua Dobbs from the uh, Steelers which I, I didn't completely understand. Um, I, I know Dobbs has a little bit more experience in the NFL than, than um, Gardner Minshew does. But I got to say, Gardner, Gardner Min Minshew looked pretty damn good. Uh, 22 of 25, 275 yards. I think he threw three scores, too. I mean, should, should we be giving this guy like a, a longer shot than two and a half quarters? I mean, we should, right? I mean, the guy led the league or led the country in passing yards last year. He knows how to throw the ball when he was in, at Washington State. It, is Josh Dobbs? Is Josh Dobbs like a definite better option? I don't see how. Um, and you know, maybe he is. Maybe he's gotten really, really good learning from Roethlisberger over the last couple of years. I. I don't know. I haven't seen him very much. But I, I, I do know that 22 of 25 for 275 and three scores is pretty damn good. I mean, they're, 
the Kansas City defense is not good, but I mean, I don't care. That's his first time in the NFL, and he did that against an NFL team. Uh, start him next week and see what happens. Now, may, if, if the plan is to trade for somebody who is proven, that's a whole different story. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure who is really on the, the trading block who is proven right now. I'm sure somebody is. Or at least somebody who's on the cusp of being proven. But I say for now, ride with, ride with Gardner. Why not? At least give him one more chance. At least let him start one more game. Or, excuse me, let him start one game. Because as we said before, all those numbers happened in two and a half quarters last week. Colts look okay without luck. I, I, you know, it's the first week of the season, and the Chargers have question marks around them too, but the Colts seem, they seem fine to me. Uh, they seem like they have a kicker that's 10,000 years old. I mean, for goodness sake... This guy was kicking before I was born. At least at the, at the college level, I would imagine. I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch, but probably not. Was he 47 years old? I'm 30. Yeah, he probably started kicking in the NFL when I was a toddler. That's kind of absurd. Uh, I think it's time for him to hang it up. Probably missed an extra point, missed a short kick, missed another longer kick. They lose by a touchdown. Uh, but they were really in the game the whole time. Brissett was fine, managed the game pretty well. Um, wasn't a world beater, but I don't think anyone's expecting him to be a world beater. I don't know. Lots of interesting things around the NFL first week. Um, really excited to see what the Ravens do next week and the following week, especially. Week three, playing against the Chiefs. Uh, we're going to get a really great test of that defense. Uh, but kind of a nice little warm-up next week against the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals aren't very good, but it'll be le- at least be able to spend some time uh, defending against a really fast, mobile, playmaking quarterback in Kyler Murray. I, I know he's played one game in the NFL, and it, the first half of it wasn't great, but it doesn't change how athletic he is and his playmaking style and just the way that he can run around the field at light speed. So going to be an interesting couple weeks coming up here for the Ravens. Um, Really interesting week coming up for a lot of teams. Uh, The Browns have to be looking in the mirror right now going, "Uh uh-oh, something needs, (laughs) something needs to change. You lose 46 to 13 on your home floor or your home home field and people are talking Super Bowl. That's that does something. That does something to your entire fan base. That does something to the inside of that locker room. That does something to a second-year quarterback's head. Oof, I would not want to be a Browns fan right now. Would not want to be a Browns fan. Uh one last thing before I sign off of here. Uh, just really quick, flipping over to baseball for one quick second. Um, shout out to Christian Yelich, or Yelich, Yelich. Was really sad to see what happened to him. Um, takes a pitch, gets a little bit of wood on it, just goes directly into his kneecap. And if you've been following baseball at at all this year, you would know that he is up for the MVP. 
I don't know that he was going to win it, but I believe he was a top two to three candidate. A lot of people had him as number one. I mean, the numbers are awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, hitting 329 before he goes down. 44 home runs. It's one behind the leader. Uh, right around 100 RBIs with about 15 games left. Guy was just crushing uh, and just was doing it in a very special way at a young age. And uh, I I hope that he comes back strong and I hope he doesn't miss very much time next year. The, the Brewers are still battling for possible playoff hopes, but they're on the outside looking in. And now with this injury, I think he's probably done. Um, so I, you know, you can give Mike Trout the MVP again and no one will argue. I mean, he's, it's, it, it's fine. It, it isn't the sexy pick. It isn't, it isn't what I want to see, even though I believe he's the best baseball player in the league and maybe the best baseball player we've ever seen. Um, but Freddie Freeman shouldn't be overlooked and neither should Anthony Rendon. And, you know, Bellinger's numbers are really there and they're ridiculous. Um, but can we just like, can we look at this stretch that the Braves have been on this, this tear? I mean, they're, they're, they're not losing to anyone. They're not losing to anyone. And Freddie Freeman has just gone completely off the reservation with his hitting. He's back over 300. He's leading the majors in RBIs. Leading the majors. 117 RBIs. He's got 38 home runs, only seven behind the leader. They are winning a ton of games. He is on base all the time. Give my man Freddie Freeman a little bit of love. Uh, Quick plug before I head out of here. Um... There's a short film that was released just on uh, YouTube and on uh, DVD and festivals and whatnot called Death by a Thousand Cuts. It's a fun slasher psychological thriller that I did. Super low budget, super fun. Really been a big hit in the underground horror community. If you want to give that a shot, it's called Death by 1000 Cuts. So the number 1000. And uh, I just got word from uh, producers that that is going to be part one of a three-part anthology series. So I'll be working a little bit more in the scary horror world. So yeah, this is Brett Burrier from the Pick and Play Podcast Network signing off with you guys. You'll, you'll hear from Gore Doom later in the week. It's been fun. Be good.